Okay, Tzoraim Tov, we continue in our learning of the Sefer Nefesh Shimshon. We just began at the end of the class, Mizmor Shir Chanukah Zabais, which is the paragraph before the Pesukah de Zimra. We're going to begin on page Kuf Petes. Let me just recap what we just ended off yesterday. We have to say what is so significant about this chapter 30 of the Tehillim that it should precede the... Um, the actual prayer service per se, which begins with Pesukah de Zimra. And um, what's the connection of the story? We know that David HaMelech said, God, I want you uh, to show that I've been forgiven from the sin that I did with Basheva. And Hashem said, I'll show you when we dedicate the base Amigdash, the gates will not open except for you. Okay. So that was the proof that Hashem forgave David. So again, why Davka at the Chanukah's Habayis did Hashem choose to inform David that he's forgiven and must be that reason, must be the reason why we start the essential davening with this prayer. So what is the theme of this prayer? The critical points to get the themes of every prayer. Even if you're going to say Mizmor Shir Chanukah, you don't understand what every word means. But you want to get what's the main idea? At least I should have that in my mind. So there's a very unusual thing that happens, and it's common in four areas. When the Jews, let's start with the first of all the temples, the Mishkan. It's the first of the temples. There was seven days of inaugurations. And then on Rosh Chodesh Nisan, there was the dedication of the Mishkan. Okay. That's number one. The dedication. But that didn't Shiloh, right? No, no, this was in the desert. desert. In the desert. In the days of Shlomo HaMelech, when the first base of Migish was built, there was also a dedication ceremony. The second base of Migish also had a dedication ceremony. And in the book of Yechezkel, there are complete chapters that discuss the measurements of the third base Hamikdash that will happen. And in those, in that prophecy, he also talks about the dedication will happen with the third base Hamikdash. So there were and will be a total of four dedications of the base Hamikdash. Okay. What do we see a very unusual common denominator between all four? One of the common denominators is, and let's start with the, the korbanos that were brought, were all what we call korbanos of hora'as shah, which means unique ruling that never applies anywhere else but here. A, a bad translation would be emergency measures. In other words, this is the normal way we do it. And Bedavka at the Hanukkah Savais with the Korbanas, we don't do it the normal way. Now, what does it mean when you do things that are not the usual way? That usually means there's a special love. In other words, it's a usual way we do things, but if you really love someone, you do, you know, you break the rules a little bit. You know, if you have a rule that, uh, let's say, children can't be at the kiddush, okay? And you're the rabbi and you made the rule. But then there's a kid that you just really 
get so much chen. You love that kid so much. You know, I don't care about the rules. We'll break the rules that you can come. Usually you break the rules for people you love. So this is the idea. Although there's a rules, every day in the base of Migish, this is the rule you get. But at the Hanukkah's Habayis, Hashem says he breaks the rules because he loves us so much. Let's just show you what this is. In the Mishkan, one of the breaking of the rules, the Ketores offering, we know was really considered a communal offering. He brought it, the coin brought it for the community. It was not an individual offering. It was a communal offering. And now, and that the coin would do it, it's on behalf of the entire Jewish people, even though he was the one who did it, but that doesn't matter. It's no different than a Corbett Tumid, that a cor- the coin and bring it, but it's for all the Jewish people. So the Ketores, twice a day, is brought on behalf of the entire Jewish people. But now, during the 12 days of the dedication, when each of the Nassim, the princes, brought their own private offerings, included in the private offerings was the Ketores. All 12 were the same, but they were kaf achas, one spoon, asara zahav, that was weighted of 10 units of zahav, Malaya Ketaris, filled with Ketaris. An individual does not bring Ketaris. Why are they bringing Ketaris? Also, a Korban Chatas. A Korban Chatas you only can bring if you sin. And we see that they, these 12 people, they brought a Korban Chatas. Okay, that's a second exception to the rule. And also, a private individual does not bring a Corbin on Shabbos. Do it another day. But there were 12 princes that went one day after the other, and one day was Shabbos. And therefore, we have a private Nasi bringing a voluntary offering on Shabbos. So three examples of breaking the rules by the Mishkan. So obviously, again, when you break the rules, there's real love that's being expressed over here. Let's go now to the dedication of the first temple. There's unique breakings of the rules there. It's brought in Divrei Hayamim. It says, it's a Pasuk says, Vayikadei Shlomo eshtoch hechotzer asher hashem. Literally, it means Shlomo sanctified the inside of the courtyard, which is before the house of Hashem. And the Gemara in Zvachim brings two opinions of what that means. Either he sanctified the floor of the Azora uh, that would hold the Mizbech to prepare the Korbano, the bring of the Korban, or he extended the Mizbech so you could bring more Korbanos. Make the Mizbech bigger Okay, or to sanctify the floor. Either way, it was a harasha. That's not, you can't make the mizbech bigger, but he did. Gemara adds because of the great simcha that they had during these days, 
And part of the days of the dedication included Yom Kippur. And Shlomo ruled, we do not fast on Yom Kippur because of the celebration of the Beis HaMikdash. Can you imagine? They did not fast on Yom Kippur because it was the days of the celebration. I understand, but you still have to fast on Yom Kippur. No exceptions. So, but we broke the rules. Second base Amigdash, there was also breaking the rules when they brought their Karbanos and the laws. And also the third base Amigdash, there's going to be certain Karbanos that break the rules as they explain. Okay. So, with this, you can explain a Pusik in Shira Shirim that we say every week. I've come into my garden, my my sister, my bride. I've eaten um, some some honey. I've had some wine and milk. So what does that mean? So Rash says there's certain types of honey that grows in certain stalks and you suck out the honey and you throw out the wood. Whatever kind of honey that is, like it's in the stalk, you suck it out and throw out the wood. And since I loved you so much, I ate the stalk with the honey. Even which is not worthy, I did. And therefore, what's the Medrash telling us? That the Ketoros is, is uh, Ketoros Nedava, it's brought as an Nedava, and the Chatos that they brought it was an adava, and I accepted it anyway. In other words, that's the analogy, the metaphor. Even though the Ketoros is not an individual, brings it, has an individual, but I broke the rules. Somehow we're connecting that although usually you just suck the honey, they don't have the stock. I took the whole stock. So let's try to say, what's the measure saying over here? In general, when you're eating honey, or let's say even easier, a honeycomb. You ever buy a honeycomb? From the store? Okay, do you eat the whole thing? Yeah, you can. Well, most of them like the comb is wax. It's wax. You usually don't eat the wax. You just suck out the honey. Right? Uh, so the, uh, you eat that. And that the comb, you throw it out. But sometimes, if it's so sweet, the honey, you use, you forget about yourself. Wow, this honey, I've never had honey like this in my life. And when something is so spectacularly great, you forget about the normal ways of doing things, and you even eat the comb together with the honey. So Hashem is telling us in this message, because of his great love for the Jewish people, he will take from them the korbanos that are really not worthy to be brought. And Hashem compares this, I'm so excited what you're doing, I'm even going to break the rules. That's what it means. I'm even going to have the honeycomb. That's how geschmack it is. And only that, but I drink my wine with my milk. And what is that referring to? What's that analogy? So Rashi says, the, the wine is the nesachim, the wine libations. And milk, and it was so sweet, and like, like, like milk. So what's going on over here? Well, usually the color of wine is red, and milk is white. And those are contradictory colors. 
Red expresses judgment, killing, blood, murder. White expresses rachami, mercy. Uh, you know, something's white, pure. And look what we have over here. We have, we, so usually you can't mix wine and milk together. Those are opposites. But because Hashem loves his people so much, he mixed the two ideas of these types of korbanos, that which is fit and that which is not fit, and therefore it's like sweetening the, uh, the wine with the, with the milk. Okay? And even if you're, uh, and when friends are eating, the, the, the puzzle goes on, friends are eating, they drink and get drunk together. Okay? So, whatever, however we understand this, we find all four of these dedications, all the, many rules were broken, and that is an, a display of the tremendous love. Hashem is so thrilled with what's going on over here. So now, this only draws us into another question. Why is there such a unique love that we merit every time we dedicate something like that in such an exceptional way? That's question number one. And another thing to understand, that these days even of themselves are wondrous days. The prophet Yeshaya says, and there'll be the light of the moon will be the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be uh, 70, 70 times the light of what was in the seven days of creation. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be incredible, incredible light. Gonna be like the light of the Shivas Yomim. Okay, it's gonna mamish be unbelievable. Keor Shivas Yomim, the light of the seven days. What does that mean? The light of the seven days. So some say it means it's talking about the hidden light, the Or Haganuz, which was in the beginning. Let there be light. Hashem hid it. But the Rambam in Mor says the Kavona is for the seven days of the inauguration that Shlomo made when he inaugurated the Beis HaMikdash. So what he's saying is that when Mashiach comes, the sun will shine like the sun shined like never before during the seven days of the dedication of the first Beis HaMikdash. There was so much joy, the greatest joy that ever was in the history of the world. Okay, so what... What does this all mean? And why is there so much joy going on over here? So Pincus explains that the world is filled with the chesed of Hashem. But even though there's chesed, there has to be some order to the chesed. An order. You know, there's a, a, a way, it, it, a logical progression of chesed. For example, a person has two shekels, and he has another two shekels. How many does he have? Four. How come he doesn't have 35 when he puts the two together? And he says, well, there's an order. Two plus two is four, not 35. Right? So we live in a world that although from God's perspective, he could give us an infinite amount of chesed, okay, and and every one of us can have what to eat. We all have what to eat. We all have eyes, we all have ears. But at the end of the day, we are limited 
as to how much we could get from Hashem. There's a limitation. Hashem can't give us more than we could hold in. Okay. But the chesed of Hashem at its foundation, from the point of the giver, it's a giving that's beyond all orders of nature. Okay? And it's interesting that chesed comes from an expression of chisuda, which sometimes means busha, which is shame. Because when you give, when you really give, that's like giving a lot. And when a person gives you so much, so much, you start to get embarrassed already, don't you? You're giving me so much, it's, it's like I can't do anything by myself. So therefore, the world could not exist with the kind of chesed if it, of its pure, unfiltered, unadulterated chesed is way beyond we think, and it would be harmful for us. That's why Hashem has to hold back the chesed. He can't give it all. What be a good example? Okay. Um, so let's say Ruvain wants to give his friend Shimon a present. Let's say he's give him a table. But uh, Ruvain starts thinking, he says, Shimon's my good friend and I want to do him a favor. So why am I only giving him one table? I should give him two tables. Ten tables. A hundred tables. Yeah, but then they decide, you know, I guess only one. Right? But then, okay, I, I only give one. But why should the one table be six feet? It could be 10 feet. It could be 100 feet. No, no, no. We'll just leave it at about 10 feet. So what does that mean? Although there's a chesed that's unlimited, but there's got to be a little bit of din, a little bit of justice, judgment, holding back to limit how much is being given. It has to be appropriate for the recipient. So as much as Hashem would give us everything, but he can't, we're not able to handle it. So you have to have the chesed, has to have some judgment there, or it's going to be overwhelmed, it's not going to be good. The rabbis in the Medrash give an allegory to the words Hashem Elohim. yud heh vav attribute of kindness. Elohim, the attribute of justice. Give an allegory to a king who has empty cups. So the king says, if I put hot water into the empty cups, they're going to break. They're going to bust. If it's too cold, they'll also break. So what did he do? He mixed a little hot water with a little cold water and gave it to them. So Hashem says, I'm the creator. If I created with the attribute of Rachamim, right? So it's going to be so much. You know what? People are never going to be afraid of any punishments. <laughs> and will break. If it's always good, always good. You're gonna sin, good, 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 good. So what's gonna happen? We're gonna sin so much, no one's afraid of sinning, it's gonna literally break us. If we do justice, everything you do wrong, boom, 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 boom. We can't live either way. So what's Shem do? Let's have a little blend of both, so we can continue to live. And that's the famous Rashi. That brings to the rabbis, Hashem wanted to create the world with the attribute of justice, but he saw the world could not last with that, so he blended it with mercy, 
And that's the combination of chesed and judgment creates a perfect mix. And that we call is Tiferis, the meat of Tiferis. Okay. So therefore, what do we have? We live in this world is a world of chesed. Okay. But the truth is, we don't live in a world of complete kindness. You can't say it's a world of complete, unfiltered kindness. Can't be that. But in a world of judgment that you do today and tomorrow you receive the reward. And it's a concept of mita keneged mita, measure for measure. And that's a blend of these two in between. It's a it's a it's a it's a conduct of rachamim, and even with mercy, there has to be a limit. Not on everything you could let it go and have mercy on. As the Gemara says, anyone who's merciful on cruel people at the end will be cruel to merciful people. So there's rules about this too. Okay, so now let's put this all together now. So after Hashem put together the attribute of mercy and really that is the source of creation that's the reason why God's world and the real source the obvious source is infinite as Olam Chesed and that's the way the world should be but that's from Hashem's side he's sending infinite kindness but from the side of the world when it comes expressed in this world as that infinite kind is coming in, now comes a change. It becomes limited. It becomes filtered. So it's like Hashem is, you know, we're trying to anthropomorphically explain this with this. No way of really wants. Hashem is sending the energies infinite. You know, now it comes through a filter, cuts down, cuts down. Just like the, you have the power plant. You don't plug your 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 uh, vacuum cleaner into the power plant. It's going to explode. So we create what do you call it? Uh, transistors, whatever. No, resist. No resistors. Whatever things to cut down the power. To cut down the power till it's finally able to be received. So there's a big difference what we comes into this world. Now, Olam Haba is a world of Chesed. In Olam Haba. The expression is, the goodness is going to be so good, our lips will be tired out from saying enough, 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 enough. I'd bleed, die, until we say it's enough, it's enough. We're going to wear out our lips. So really, the world in its root, Olam Chesed Yibana, a pure Chesed without any filters. But on the second level, there's got to be boundaries and limitations. But in the next world, it will be unfiltered. That's where we're up to, as now we're going to be prepared to hear about the dedication ceremonies. But that's how life is. Yeah? We also uh, studied that if it is coming, the flow is coming, there should also be a vessel to tap it. There has to be a vessel. And even the small amount, you have to be a vessel. But we're not talking about the vessels right now. We're talking about how much Hashem can give. Hashem can only give so much. Even if we have the best vessel. But but it has to be cut down as it comes into our world. It's even if you have a good vessel, we don't have vessels big enough to hold everything Hashem can send us. We can increase our vessel, but it can't be as big as what Hashem wants to give us. Now, 
This is the uniqueness about a Hanukkah's Habayis, a dedication. When we start a dedication, we're starting something brand new. So we open it up to the source of what it really is. When you start something, come to that initial source. Any project is the most pure you have. You know, for example, you know, let's say you decide we're going to build a, a magnificent shul. We have all the best intentions. And the intentions are infinitely good. <laughs> but then life is life. And there's the president. And there's the board. And this one. And the money's not so easy. And now we got to start doing things we normally wouldn't want to do. All of a sudden, that infinite desire starts getting cut down. But beginnings... Your dreams, they're infinite dreams, aren't they? But then reality hits. But in the beginning, when you're starting the very beginning, we're dealing with unfiltered kindness. And therefore, at those moments, that's the horas show. Because that's when is the greatest love that Hashem has for us. When we're starting, people get married. When do they love each other the most? Under the chuppah. Then life gets complicated. But there's such a delight and love of a beginning. And that beginning and that love enables you to go very deep. Okay? And you're never going to have that same feeling as you continue down. Because everything's out there. That's the specialness, the supernatural reality of beginnings. And therefore, the Chanukas, the Beis Hamikdash, or the Mishkan, they brought a Ketoras, even in an individual. If you recall, we said the Ketoras was a most unusual gift, different than any other Korbanos. Remember, we said a Korban with an animal is Mesiras, Nefesh, I'm willing to give up the blood of the animal. But this is not giving up, we're giving up our pleasure, the scent, the highest thing. It's a Reach Nicholach. It's a pleasing smell that that is only a Jew is able to do that because he's not willing, to, not only willing to give up his life, death, he's willing to give up his life. He's not going to die for Hashem. He's going to live for Hashem. That's the greatest gift you can do. But an individual can't do that. He can give his body. He can give his blood. That's fine. But a Ketores which is completely such a beautiful smell. So, so perfect. That's only a congregation can do that. That's way beyond what a human can do. A congregation can live on Kiddush Hashem. As a nation, we go, but an individual to live his whole life, that's beyond. That's what we're dealing with the regular orders of the life. But when we are dedicating a Mishkan and we're opening up the reservoir of closeness to Hashem, we're right at the reservoir. And there's so much chesed. So this is a chesed that more than what you normally can handle. And even the individual can bring the katoris. We can mix, we can go to the honeycomb and even eat the honeycomb, which you normally can't do. But when you love Hashem, when Hashem loves us so much, we can, eat, we can even have the honeycomb. And that's the idea of Chanukah Samishkan and Chanukah Samikdosh. And when Mashiach comes, it's going to be the light of the seven days. 
like the light of the base of Mikdash of Mashiach comes, that light of the beginning will be permanent. Hashem's going to give it all and we can take it all. But only for a very short time in that beginning. Okay. Question? No? It's not. Let's, again, see the problem is we ain't going to finish today, but we're going to, we're giving you all the introductions. So now let's get to the Korban Chattas. Let's think about a different harasha that was in the Chalukas Hamishka. The chatos. A chatos has to be done when you do a sin. You, have to, you can't bring a chatos as a gift offering. It's a sin offering. So let's think about when did the Jewish people get this great gift of the 13 attributes of mercy when we sinned after the golden calf? It seems kind of funny. We did such a big affair and we got such a good gift. Right? The, the gift of the 13 attributes of mercy is an unbelievable, infinite gift. All the all this deep secrets of the ten days of Chuvi of Kibber, it's all there. How do we get Dafka through an Avera? We get such a great gift. So it's a nice marshal to give. Let's say a child. Uh, the parents warned him, you know, when you t- take your bicycle, be careful when you go in the street. Be very careful. So of course he doesn't listen. He goes into the street and he gets knocked over by a car. He's in the hospital. He's 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 hurt. Okay, he's lying in the hospital. Parents want to make him feel better. They want to give him a gift. So what do they give him? A brand new bicycle. <laughs> what do you tell me? The very thing he did to, to mess himself with, they gave him a brand new bicycle. How do you explain this? But that's the nature Hashem put in the creation. When a person is hurt, what does that do to the parents? It brings out a tremendous love that's concealed from the parents. That even Hashem, even though the parents would be angry, but they're not. The love comes out in an infant when your child is hurt. You love is love him. It's a crazy love. And you're going to give him gifts that only come after he gets into the accident. And only the bad kid gets the accident. If you have a family, all the kids are good. One kid's mom has psychological problems. This problem, that problem. Who do the parents spend the most time with? That's the way it works. So how did they get the 13 attributes of mercy? Because they got into an accident. <laughs> An accident with the golden calf. And now Hashem feels so sorry for them. So what does Hashem say? Okay, I have to give you a nice gift. And that's what a korban chattis. A korban chattis is such an expression of God's love for us. Because why? The korban chattis shows Hashem's hidden love for us. Unbelievable. And Hashem has to do it. Why? And dafka with the bad kids. A korban chattis cannot come from a, a, a gift to Hashem. It can only come from a sinner. And Hashem said, oi, oi, my kid got into an accident. He did an Avera. Now what happens when you do an Avera? The attribute just says, you die. Call the Hever Ganesha. He was Bukhal Shabbos. Call the Hever Ganesha. But then Hashem said, that's what, after the Gemara says, they asked wisdom what should happen to the person who says he should die. But Hashem said, no, 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 no. Go bring a Korban Chattis and you will be forgiven. This is such a Chesed, but it's a Chesed that only comes after a sin. Because that's the orders of the world, right? The order of the world is. Hashem's chesed is when you're hurt, Hashem does chesed for you. But what about, what about when there's no order to the world? When you're breaking the rules at the beginning of the Hanukkah Samishkan, this korban chattis that you only give for the sick, you're going to give to the healthy. 
that gift that you only will give, oh, the kid is so hurt, I gotta give him. But if you're breaking the rules, then even when the kid's not hurt, you give it to him. That can only happen at the Chanukah Sabayis, because that's when the gates are open wide. And that's where we can see them eating the honey with the honeycomb. Okay, that is good introduction. Now we're going to see how this all connects with David Amelach, how he gets forgiven with this, and why this becomes the beginning of the davening. That will be tomorrow Be Ezra's Hashem. Mm-hmm.